my god they got the vision halloween pop yeah <laughs> oh oh did we skip right the news you don't give a shit about okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have a welcome glow in the dark one to... it's a walmart exclusive <laughs> oh man welcome folks to geek shock number 578 i am master torgo 80s jeff fuck barry up the ass with a sharp <laughs> stick <laughs> wow Back checked Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. Barbecue Vlarg. And Deb. Welcome back, Vlarg and Deb. Good to have you back. Uh, I assume uh, a little less cold this week. Yes, I think. Yes. So now that we have you at your at your uh, at your height, at your level, your full your full energy, you're feeling good. Everything is right with the world once again. Well, <laughs> listen, I'll say it like I said it last week. You guys don't know cold. Uh huh. <laughs> And I and I wouldn't go that uh, far, Todd, because they are still living in Texas. Uh, yes, we are, unfortunately. Yeah, we're fine now. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, it's been it's been a fun fun week. Uh, just going out and playing with monkeys all week on varying things. Although you know what, I went on to Minecraft this week. No one was there. It was just me. Just me mining by myself. <sighs> you were supposed to tell me, and I was going to give you a tour. I, I wasn't on very long, but I was on long enough to do a little bit of mining and and just relax a little bit. Actually, I was kind of inspired to go on uh, this earlier this week. I, I did kind of a impromptu pinball lesson on Twitch. I announced it on Twitter, which, you, of course, you'd never know. And yeah. and uh, so I was like, yeah, any shock monkeys? I, I want to teach the shock monkeys how I beat the uh, the fishtails table. And so I, 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 I gave a little lesson, and about uh, six people showed up. So I appreciate those who did. Uh, but one of them said, you should go on Minecraft. And so I did right afterwards. Oh, I should have been there for that. Because, A, I'm very curious. as to how, Are we doing pinball talk now? Is this what's happening? Oh, if you want. I would, because thanks to uh, Chris, uh, I am now sucked into your world of pinball. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Nice. I did not play, I haven't played pinball effects in a hot minute. I'm talking yeah. years. Nor do I really play any pinball for a while, because the only place I really have to play pinball is Vegas. We haven't been back to Vegas. I jumped right in at the chance to uh, play against you, because I don't have a PS4, and I only have a PC, but now I can play. And uh, I got second place. So I was Good pretty job. happy about that. In fact, you know what? We, we The first official Geek Shock pinball tournament ended. It was a week-long thing. And, uh, you know, I have the top five right here of, of who won. So in fifth place, Froyog Fro Soft Serve with over 122 million points nice. at fifth place. Number fourth uh, was Thirsty. He came in with 176 million. Punch Clops at number three, 323 million. Uvlarg, 357 million, just inching out Punch Clops for that second place spot. I tried. And uh, number first was some dude named Torgo at one billion three hundred and twenty-five million. Well, we know it's not yeah. you because it says Mister Torgo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because for some reason, 
and I, I assume it's a white supremacist thing. They won't let you use the word master as a name choice ah. in, in Sony's thing. So I had to figure out something that would work instead. So that's why I'm Mr. Torgo on, on Sony. Because they won't let you use the word master for either a, a Aryan Nation thing or a masturbation thing. But either way, they probably don't want it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, whatever. Point is, you won. Good for you. <laughs> I know what it takes to do that. I'm sure. Now, I don't know how you play. I didn't listen to that Twitch. Now I'm going to go back and listen to it. If it's anything like me, where I think I, if I don't score like 20, 30 million with the first ball, I rage quit and restart. And I do that a lot. And That's not a, a bad strategy. Not, not a, a bad, bad strategy. strategy. Yeah. And uh, I'll usually get like the multi, I'll try, I'll, I'll try and find the shots that I can recreate as often as possible. And for this me, for, for, for getting second place, I found that I could get the multi-ball shot pretty easily. And that was that. So I'm pretty proud of the score I got, given that I hadn't played pinball in a long time. And I never played that table before, like, that day. So, you know, hey, right on. Uh, the stuff I was able to learn on that table that I taught all the monkeys in that lesson, I was able to use that. And on the regular table, I was able to get uh, four billion points. I saw that. And I so it, that. It's, it's a working strategy. And as I told the monkeys who tuned into that Twitch channel that after it was all done, I would be erasing that Twitch uh, so that Barry could never learn my secrets. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Erased from existence. <laughs> so congratulations to all the monkeys that placed in the tournament. Uh, now we got to know what table to do next. I know a lot of people don't like the fishtails table. I understand oh. it's a aggravating table. Uh, but it's the table that comes free with the game, so I knew that most people could play with that table. Uh, as far as the next table, I'm going to put something on Shock Monkey's Lair as kind of a vote as to what the next tournament table should be. So I'll leave that all up to you when that time comes. Soon. 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 Uh, as for the Geek Shock Book Club, we are now voting for March's book. I know it's March already. Uh, but February is a short month. So uh, the nominations are already up, and uh, probably about the time you're hearing this, I'll give give it till Wednesday to keep the vote up. That way everyone has a chance to go in. It's kind of a neck-and-neck neck thing, so I'm curious as to where that ends up. But all of the nominations look great, and I'm excited about every single one of those books if I can get my book brain to work to, so I can read them. That being said, what geeky things did you do this week? And I will leave that to Deb. We, um, Barry and our friend Aaron, who also listens to the podcast, on Saturday decided to try Board Game Arena. Aha. And it was interesting. Barry took a while to get his account to work with ours, well, with mine. Oh, what's so, going on with that? Well, fun fact, apparently, if you both log in on the same network, it assumes you're playing on the same what did it tell you, Barry? was like the same IP address. Yeah, they don't want people cheating. So therefore, if we did it that way, we would have to have a paid account. We couldn't play for free. Uh. So then we tried a couple options because Todd, I texted you and said, hey, and you gave me a couple ideas and Barry had a couple ideas. Uh, and he VPN. tried the VPN. He tried that, but apparently you have to remember to log off of your computer when you're logging in from your phone on the uh, Wi-Fi network and the VPN. Yeah. Barry didn't log out. So he tried the VPN <coughs> and 
he tried logging in on his phone. Um, but then when he tried logging in on his phone on his Wi-Fi on our cell tower instead of the Wi-Fi, he was still on his computer, so it wouldn't let him. And then um, he did log out and tried all of that and tried logging in through VPN. It still wouldn't let him. He had to create a whole separate account for it to work through the VPN and not have it say that we were both on the same IP address. So, so be aware if you're going to play with two players on at the same like house that you may have a couple problems. So, you know, avoid that. Otherwise, thought, it was fun. I thought you worked on computers for a living, Barry. I use them. I don't work on them. I don't mean like physically work on the physical computer, but you do your work on computers. I'm not Laszlo Hollyfeld in his fucking pajamas. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, that a would, that guy. That would be a nightmare. But yeah, so we got we finally got on. We got to play. Um, it was cool. It's I think the interface is a little challenging at first. It was it's not super upfront on how to find a game and start a game and invite your friends. It's not super easy to find all of that. So there is a learning curve, but the fact that it does have games that you can play with people online for free is nice. So, so we'll see. We've t- we tested out a couple of games so far. I like Martian dice. Martian dice. It's like zombie dice, but better. Okay. Oh, so we played, yeah, yeah. We played that. Mm-hmm. What other games did you play on there? We tried the one you suggested. Um, that one's not as good. It, it's not as intuitive at first either when you're playing it online and haven't don't have like the rule book in front of you. Did you watch the uh, video on how to play by uh, Shut Up and Sit yes. Down? Yes, yes. But keep in mind, it was also late on Saturday. We'd been drinking and we'd already been playing <laughs> for like two hours. So you know, you uh, get in that game... hurry up and just play mode. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the game you're talking about is Six Nymphed, right? Yes. Oh, it's a uh, draw six in German, I believe. Yep. Uh, I've I've, lo- I've really taken to that game. It's uh, once you've picked it picked it up, it's a fun uh, kind of gambling uh, game, pressure luck game, I guess is what they really call them. I, I've probably played that game more than any other one on there at this point. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've I've really really taken to it. Uh, I did end up getting a, uh, a a paid subscription to it this week. For a couple of reasons. One, it opens up a lot more of the well-known award-winning board games that are out there, uh, like Res Arcana and uh, Seven Wonders, Seven Wonders Stool and Downshift, uh, countless others, but ones that you recognize as award-winning games. And I wanted access to those. And two, it opens up a hot seat. Uh, option for the game, which means that multiple players can play on the same computer, basically taking their turn on that computer one after the other. Uh, I use that to teach myself the game. I watch the video. I set up a hot seat of myself and then two other uh, fake players that I'm playing. Because usually if I'm learning a board game at home that I get one for the game group or something, I'll lay it out on the floor and I will play it as multiple players against myself just to figure out the mechanics of it and how it all flows. This is what that does for me in this. After I've done that once, then I'm like, okay, I've got it. I know how it plays within board game arena. And at that point I'm ready to play a game. And every time I've done that, I was able to go forth and play a decent, uh, decent round of that game. I did that with Alhambra, Res Arcana. It, It really works that way. Really works very well. Uh, and at twenty four dollars a year, I mean that's 
that's really a low price for a, a yearly subscription for something like that. It is. Yeah. I've only played the um, the game you and I played, Todd. Uh, the um, crap. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm uh, trying it's, to pull it's it up. Can't stop, can't, right? Can't stop. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that if you join in with a free account when you log in, it br- it takes you into that game to play as a tutorial to learn how the whole system works. And it's it's very similar to uh, Zombie Dice or Martian Dice in that it's all it is is pure luck and how much you're willing to press your luck on the dice rolls. Yeah, so I like that it, too. And you kick my butt at it every time, Andy. Uh, yeah, thank you. But I mean, I, I lose a lot when I'm playing too. So it's, uh, <laughs> I think Vegas I think any... I think I was just lucky. Does Vegas have any board game cafes that are still open? Yes. Uh, oh. Meepleville, I believe, is still open. I thought it closed. Huh. Okay. I did too, but apparently I was wrong. Huh? Um, there is a place in uh, Houston uh, that I like to go to called Tea and Victory. It's really, really good. And the people there, they'll teach you the damn game. I can't wait for all this to be COVID shit to be over so we can go back and, uh, and play some more yeah. board games there. Agreed. What I, what I really like about Board Game Arena, it is teaching me how to play my own games that I have in my collection that I haven't been able to play. So that's been wonderful. Uh, it turns out that Seven Wonders is worth all of its accolades. That is a fantastic board game. Yeah, we got to play that one when we first moved here. Um, it was a standard from some of the friends that we have. And that one is it's a fun game. When are they going to make a Twilight Imperium online? Oh, Wow. I'm kind of surprised they haven't. Frankly, it's such a complex game that there it has a huge cadre of fans. I imagine that online would be where that uh, game is at. Someone, I think they made like like there's a fan version, but I you know if it's not official, uh, I don't know. I did play. I just remember now that I played Colt Express on on that uh, thing too, and um, I. I have the Colt Express app, and it is so much prettier and better and easier to do than the one on the site that I've only played it a couple of times. I'm like, eh. If you buy an app of a board game, it's made for that. It's going to work exactly, well. It's going to have the yeah. bells and whistles. It's going to be prettier. Uh, yeah. But it's also going to be isolating in that everybody right. has to have that app <laughs> as well. Whereas with Board Game Arena, you just have to go to a place where all the board games are. Right, and play with lots of Europeans and uh, nations. Yeah, I don't. I tend to log on really late, like one in the morning Vegas time. So yeah, I'm playing with a lot of Europeans. Which, if you want to play a game of Alhambra, you probably have a better chance of playing that against Europeans than Americans, anyway. Deb, anything else should you do this week that you want to bring up? Um, I started rereading Mouse Guard, eleven fifty two. I'm trying to find some new suggestions for my nephew. And it had been a while since I had read some of those comics, so I started rereading. Plus, I'm waiting on some stuff to come into the, the store, the bookshop that I ordered. So it's an easier read. It's a simple read, but I enjoy it. I, I feel like I enjoy it more this time than when I read it the first time just because I've been reading more comics lately. So I'm, like, more into, like, the feel of, of how comics should be read versus, like, novels. So. How old is he? He just turned 10. He'll be 11 this year. Fairly soon you can sick uh, Pierce Anthony on him. That that's really something you should only read going through puberty. Yeah. Well, for his tenth birthday, I got him uh, the essentials kit for D and D. Opening yep. that can of worms. I don't know how he's nice. taken to it yet. 
but hopefully he's read it back and back to front. I did two geeky things this week. One's not as geeky as the other. Uh, one, I'm starting to read Invincible again because the new series is going to be on Prime starring uh, Stephen Wynn and uh, J.K. Simmons, who can do no wrong in my eyes. I can't wait for that to come out. They said it's going to come out like late March, April. I don't know, but it'll come out when it comes out. And the art looks amazing. It looks just like the Kirkman book. So I'm super happy about that. I can't say enough good things about Invincible. And it's like a 25 trade run. So that'll keep me up for a little bit. But then, uh, hey, Kirsten, guess what time it is? It's barbecue time! That's right. I may- oh, hold on. I got to do the theme song. <clears throat> barbecue time! Barbecue hold on, hold time! On. I don't have a theme song! Barbecue time! <laughs> The best part is the way uh, Barry dances when he sings. He looks like he's jacking off. <laughs> yeah. I'll add to that. It looks like a Muppet jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> I made pork loin smoked over post oak and a little hickory uh, and topped with a post- charred peach bourbon sauce. Post oak? Is that formerly posts or that uh, is that po- formerly oak? It's oak that you use for posts, for fences. Apparently, it's amazing. And it turned out perfectly. Nice smoke ring, tender Mm. pork inside, not dry at all. Barbecue corner. Thank you. The next time I see you, we're going to be rolling you on the ship. Going to roll you on the ship. (laughs) I won't let him eat that much, Matt, because living with him when he's eating that much is the most miserable thing in the entire world. Yes. What? I thought just living with him in general was the most miserable thing in the <laughs> world. Uh, let me just tell you, COVID, COVID has brought um, my outside other people besides Barry time. I treasure now. I really am looking forward to it. Let's put it that way. Hey, going to I'm work, a delight. Going to the office has been nice for once because I'm around <laughs> other people, not him. I can see the bumper sticker now. Barry, I'd rather be at work. (laughs) (laughs) The next time we play Jackbox games, that's going to be on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, when are we going to do that? Soon. We should do it soon. Jackbox, Jackbox, Jack... Oh, that's not good motion. I feel the glorious pressure. (laughs) Being around his animated self all the time gets a little tiring. A little tiring. I like this all the time. His masturbating Muppet self? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of masturbating Muppets, Andy, what did you do this week? Uh, I was sort of mostly in reruns. I uh, I, I, I watched uh, two more uh, Daniel Craig uh, movies. I watched Knives Out and Tintin. Tintin I hadn't seen before, and I was actually very impressed with The action sequences are gorgeous. Uh, I watched Kolchak the Night Stalker. It was still just as wonderful and weird and cheesy. Uh, I watched Running Man, because we discussed it recently, and uh, that is still exactly what I remember it as being, just big, dumb, and cheesy. Although, the Arnold one-liners were very weak in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not the strongest stuff. Andy, no. having rewatched that, this is a serious question. The, the comment I said about if you want to remake a movie... You know, do the whole remake, a, a, like a, a not a gr- fantastic great movie, 
watching that, did you think that there could be there could be something to remaking that? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you that it, it, could, it could be remade both ways. It could be re- remade faithfully and remade as a remake of that movie, and it'd both be fun. Yeah, was, that and they don't have to up. put in Grossburgers in his whitey tighties, so that'd be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing I watched was Howard the Duck, which, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff, you're wrong. That movie is ter- horrible. Even even if you disconnect it from the comic books, it is not good. The jokes are really forced. Uh, the pacing's all weird. They don't know if it's a kids' movie or not. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. The best parts of that movie are weirdly the uh, concert scenes. Yeah, I think it's how, the, uh, Howard Jones music in that is actually pretty good. <laughs> I What was the laugh for? <laughs> I, I'm laughing for two reasons. One, that the, the Howard Jones score is, is the highlight. And two, <laughs> I, 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 it was... It, the way you were delivering it, Andy, I almost thought you were going to say the best parts of that movie was a brown stain on the sheets. Uh, it's... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Andy, no. you're entitled to your opinion even when you're wrong, but yeah. I'm not wrong. The pacing, I mean, I, I actually watched it thinking, I'll watch this as if it was an Elseworlds World's Marvel movie. I will disconnect from the comic books and no, it's just Badly paced, and and the jokes are very forced. Did Leah Thompson have sex with the duck in that movie? It's it's never implied, shown, but it's implied. And in the comic book, they definitely do. I remember watching that when it came out as a kid, <sighs> and not liking it then. And I've never watched it since. Because why? Why would I? I? I haven't seen. There's stuff from the '80s I still need to see. Why would I watch something I didn't like the first time? Right. Well, but I Todd, for remember... as long as I've known you, if you didn't like something the first time, when you do a rewatch as an adult, you still don't like it. So I, I don't think there would be a difference on this particular movie. Jeff, why do you like it so much? I guess that's really the question that I have to ask at this point. What, I, I what about how the duck speaks to you? I it's don't awesome. love it. I just think that it's it's not as bad as everyone says it is. I yeah. like the film. I don't love the film. Again, I don't think it's nearly as bad as everyone tries to say it is. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I must disagree. I, I rewatched it hoping to like it, and, and I didn't. Well, again, you're entitled to your opinion even when you're wrong. That is a statement a friend of mine made to me. God, 30 years ago, and it's pissed me off then, and every time I hear it, <laughs> it sets me off. It's a snooty little statement. It really it is. It is. It's like, well, we can, we can, we can agree to disagree, but the agreement we're going to make is you're a fuckhead. <laughs> so, so, Andy, your position of, of uh, you're absolutely wrong, it does suck, is better than his, we can agree to disagree, but you're wrong. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. I realize that. Oh, but it's okay. triggering. It's triggering. <laughs> <laughs> I understand triggering. I mean, just that, that the, the, the actual phrase you used, like, brought me right back 30 years ago. Like, I'm going to punch you in the head, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Andy, which is more triggering, that or, hey, good story? I've got you kind of a hey, good story now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, when Barry says it. That's very um, triggering. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try living with the one that says it. Okay? You hear it a lot. Hey, Deb. Fuck hey, Deb. Fuck hey, 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 Barry. You know, one of these nights, she's going to like lock you outside like the Flintstones and you have to sleep in the cold. <laughs> and nobody would blame her. Deb, if you do, please videotape it for the rest of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It wouldn't matter. He'd just sleep on the barbecue and be in fucking heaven. You guys have a ring? I'd love to see that weird fisheye distorted thing of Barry shivering in the dark. <laughs> Speaking of shivering, Matt, what did you do this week? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, more, I more ask him out of courtesy than anything when it comes well, down you. to it. Thank you, Torgo. I, I want to make you. sure that you're included. I know you won't add anything, but I, I, I want to include you. You son of a bitch. One day. <laughs> one day what? You'll paint your army? What? Uh, yeah, I'll paint my army. I'll paint my bubble team. Um, who am I kidding? That'll never get done. I'm just going to have to uh, to uh, hire you to do it for me. Losing to your fit mini painter. How terrible. <laughs> I would be honored to beat the team I painted. Wow. <laughs> Listen, the Trudeau brown faces are going to get painted, all right? Just not by you. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to have a serious conversation about that team name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have the problem, Jeff? I have to paint that racist shit. Um, he's going to um, hire somebody on Fiverr. He's going to hire somebody on Fiverr. They'll do it. Todd, you can choose to take commissions or not. You don't have to paint it. <laughs> I don't know. Financial proclivities might, might make me have to do awful things. Listen, just so you know, Jeff, that's not the actual team name. I okay? know. I know. <laughs> now I uh, want to get a 3D printer and have Todd paint terrible things. <laughs> Should borrow Laura's. Laura has one. Oh, Dar- Darren has one. Just send me the stuff. I'll I'll have him print it for you. Hey, okay, and then I, it's I right where somehow get a. I gotta get a 3D model of Kirsten and Vernon having sex by the light of a TV. <laughs> Even I have my limits. Even I have my limits, Barry. For money? Depends on the money. Okay. <laughs> you can't be bought. Speaking of money, Kirsten, what did you uh, do this week? Speaking of money, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. I ate some carrots. Yay! <laughs> your, your eyesight thanks you. Right. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? I decided on a whim to look up this 1970s TV movie called Gargoyles. Oh! And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, seriously, it, that movie affects me to this day. But carry on. I'll tell you about that later. It, it is. It is. It it is creepy. The problem is, is I didn't. I got about fifteen minutes into it, and I quit because there was so much unnecessary script. It was so wordy, and there was so much shit there that it was just like this is this is vintage nineteen seventies scripting. Where nowadays today's scripts they get right to the fucking point. This was killing me. I'm like, Jesus Christ. This movie is, it, is like an hour 40, but it could be it could be an 80-minute movie if they would just cut out all the unnecessary 
crap. Is it a, a, an issue of tell, not show? Or is it just like there's just extraneous dialogue that just doesn't go anywhere? There's extraneous, yes. It's like that the, um, Cornell Wilde plays this demonologist. He and his daughter, who is his photographer for his books, um, goes to the Southwest to talk to this guy who sells souvenir relics, you know, shit like that. The guy goes on this whole long, boy, you took a long time to get back to me, doctor. I got a lot of things to do. I got plenty of things to do. And and so you're instantly modern, you know, movie watcher. Your, your mind kind of goes, oh, OK, I wonder what all these things he has to do. And it was totally nothing. It was like 45 to 60 seconds of that conversation that led nowhere. Then. The doctor's like, well, I think you're full of baloney, so my daughter and I are going to leave. No, no, wait, wait. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And then he doesn't tell him anything. <laughs> then he takes him out to the shack where he's got the gargoyle skeleton. And it was just tons of it was just tons of unnecessary shit. It was driving me fucking bonkers. And I'm so, like, I, so talking to Andy. You should have plenty of experience. I was just about gonna it. say that. Ooh. <laughs> Took it before I did. What? Had you seen it before? Oh yeah. You... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know the whole movie and everything. Boy, oh boy, I did not remember that fucking part. Let me tell you. So to this um, day, if I get in a car at night, I've got to turn on the lights in the back and look back there and make sure there's nothing back there. Even though I obviously know there's nothing back there. But I sure. can't, I can't drive without doing that because I'll be the back of my neck will be tingling the whole goddamn time. The hairs on the back of my neck will be straightened straight up. Yeah, uh-huh. because, because of that spoiler, movie. Spoiler alert on a 1972 movie: something jumps fine. out of the backseat of a car at some point, and that's is is probably yeah. the first time I'd seen that. Is it a gargoyle? I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had nightmares <laughs> for forever yeah. about Ursula. Yep. When I was a kid from the little mermaid. Oh but yeah. Because like I had, I had this super vivid dream. I grew up, I shared a room with my sister and we had a bunk bed and I had this super vivid dream of her tentacles coming out from underneath the bottom bunk and like, just like completely like covering the bunk bed and like, you know, and then I wake up screaming. So I've for years, happen. years. <laughs> oh, and I, I mean, I was, I was young. I was like, Third grade, I think, when Little Mermaid came out. So, now, but still, I mean, even when I got older, I couldn't watch scenes with her for years. It scared the shit out of me. She, Barry, what's she like when you watch hentai? <laughs> <laughs> we just avoid the tentacle stuff. It's fine. But no, uh, I'll tell you what movie gave me nightmares. John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness. Okay. That movie is scary as fuck. Dude, I don't know when it came up, out when I was young. Growing up, uh, I had a waterbed, so Todd knows where I'm going with this. Nightmare on Elm Street? Come on. Oh, okay. Uh, Absolutely. Before I got into bed, yeah. Before I got into bed, I had to always push down, make sure there's no like no Freddies in the fucking waterbed. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yeah. It was it was Gargoyles and uh, the Legend of Boggy Creek. Those two movies just yeah, scarred Please. me. The what? What's that movie? Legend yeah. of Boggy Creek is a Bigfoot movie. And oh. uh, 
And there's a scene in that where a guy goes into the bathroom, sits out on the toilet, and Bigfoot reaches through the window, which is right next to him. And a lot of the bathrooms I've we've been in, I was in when at that time were like that. There's a window there's right a- next to the toilet. And, and so, he punches yeah. out. He punches out the screen. He, the <laughs> arm just and all you see is the silhouette of the arm because the, the camera angle is from outside through the right. window and it just punch and the guy just <laughs> leaps up and he runs out of the and it's really funny, too, because this is a low, low quality. <laughs> this is like a T movie. It yeah. is low budget. And the guy basically was in a was in a, a onesie, you know, thermal underwear, which he didn't take down. He just took down his pants. So when he runs out of the bathroom, you see a guy in onesie thermal underwear with his jeans around his ankles as he right. goes stumbling right. down the hall. But boy, oh boy, it was a good jump scare because it just that just scared the living shit out of me. Yeah, Boggy yeah, Creek guys, was a bad and The Exorcist. Yeah, and you I was guys sub- are scared by uh, like like a nice, expensive, well, but you know, good movies. I'm scared by two. <laughs> I'm scared by two terrible B movies that I saw on TV. Yeah, well, Boggy yeah. Creek didn't, didn't help because it was shot documentary style. Right. It was one of those. Um, it was one of those documentary type thingies. For a kid, that that gave it enough Realism. credence, yeah. yeah, to just really fuck with your head. Jeff, you're being What's quiet. What uh, what scared you? Um, I don't know. I I didn't really get any terrors from watching movies as a child. I don't know. I maybe I'm just weird that way. Nothing Jeff, really. Uh... Jeff just had nightmares about the space, uh, the the space program getting canceled, and you know. <laughs> Funding right. being redirected to... Uh, He's just dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> no vivid imagination. You know what I think it is, I, I will tell you, yeah. there, one of the scenes that's still difficult for me to watch, uh, even to this day as a, you know, an almost 47-year-old adult, is uh, the, the scene in RoboCop where they're essentially torturing Murphy. Torture I can't handle, yeah. Yeah, like when they blow his arm off with a shotgun and stuff. Like that whole scene is just like it, it gives me anxiety. And I'm like, mm. there's very few things in life that really give me anxiety. But like, there are times where if I'm watching RoboCop, I will literally change the channel and come back and after that scene because it just I I don't know. It's just it. I think when I saw it, it was too realistic. Oh, it's, and it's even a, now I look. Scene. I mean, it still looks pretty good today, effects wise, but. Having watched enough films, I can definitely tell it's fake. But maybe that was also it with me with a uh, th- why why very few things really like bother me in films or give me night terrors or anything like that is because in my brain I completely block off. It's like this is fiction, so nothing in here this is real versus this is reality and blah blah blah. So I don't know. Oh oh I, oh! Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. The bugs. To this I've day, been on a lot of campouts. That never bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten, what movie probably... scarred you? The worst was The Exorcist. Um, my mom loved that movie, and when it was on cable, she watched oh. it a lot. Of and course. my mom also liked television really, really loud. So I couldn't even hide in my bedroom because I could <laughs> hear the movie right through my door. And uh, that literally, you know, with uh, me being a little anxiety-ridden kid, that movie was awful. Uh, 
that movie, I, you know, I ended up sleeping with the light on for several years and I'd get night terrors and stuff. It was, it was pretty bad. So, and my house, my house was sort of spooky. The bathroom was in the back end of the house. And so you had to go down a long hallway and then turn a corner on an L shape. And we used to have a porch in the back that my dad enclosed and made into a giant room. But he never changed out the door. So we had this, you know, those, you know, those old doors that the lead to the outside screen. that have like the glass straight, the glass uh, slats in them yeah, and stuff. So. A whole bunch of horizontal slats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just like a storm door type thing. You had to walk past that with no light in the hallway to get to the bathroom. And oh. after like Boggy Creek. After shit like The Exorcist, that hallway was a fucking nightmare. I'd, I'd run to the bathroom to go to the bathroom, and then I'd run the fuck out to get the hell away from it. It just occurred to me the bathroom in the house I'm in right now is just like the Boggy Creek one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever you go to the bathroom, you're checking for Bigfoots out the window? I know, because you, it's dark outside. You can't see them working out there standing outside the window. It was coming, Andy. He's coming to steal your poops. It, it was that worse was when I thought. Thing, Barry. It was like Boggy Creek is like all of these hicks in the country. And it's like they're in trailers. But they're not in trailers and trailer parks. They're like in trailers all alone in the forest. And that's where this thing is coming for them. And right, I lived across I- the street from a giant forest. And, ugh. <laughs> right. When I saw that movie, the, the bathroom window backed out into the forest in yeah. my house. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just, it, you know, you look <laughs> into the fucking abyss and you're just waiting for that big ass hairy arm to come for you. Ah, oh, fuck. Sleep well tonight, I, Andy. Yeah. So the forest by my house here is uh, literally like three trees wide. The, uh, I grew up here. Well, we moved here when I was 14. Uh, when I moved here, the backyard was a turf farm. It was a, a big, it looked like a golf course. And yeah. uh, they they would occasionally, you know, in the summer, you'd hear noise outside. You look out, there's a bunch of lights out there. And you'd get up in the morning and the, the, the lawn was gone. They, they would have cut it into strips and rolled it up and taken it to Fenway Park. After I moved away, they turned it into a cornfield. And then after that, it's houses. So there's a giant McMansion staring at me. But in the 30 years since I've lived here... Uh, a little strip of trees has grown up between their yard and mine. So it's literally like two, house, two trees wide. I can completely see their house now. When, when spring actually comes, I will be able to see pieces of their house. But there's not enough room for a Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when the weather's nice. You can't see the trophy wife, uh, you know, topless sunbathing in the back. Because of no, all the trees. I, I, I've met the trophy wife. She's a superintendent of schools in this little town, and she was very pleasant. Yeah, come on, uh-huh. Kirsten. He, Andy would never be that lucky. Right. <laughs> and also, he's got a tree blind up there. Andy's got a tree yeah. blind up there. Just, to... <laughs> <laughs> just save the neighbors from him. <laughs> I've actually moved the border since I've, since I've been here. The, the border was a, a straight line brook. 
that was uh, really drainage for the for turf farm. And it was flooding the yard when I got here. So one of the first things I did back when I still had spare time, I dug out the brook so it wasn't flooding the yard. I made it deeper. Also, wiggles in it so that it was like more attractive. It was more aesthetically pleasing. And those wiggles, I mean, I know the line is still there straight, but uh, I've, I've moved the property line kind of by wiggling the brook along. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's it. Grand Grand Theft Yard. You know. Also, as a second, as a secondary note, every time you say turf farm, I, I, I it sounds like your street slang for something, and I can't figure out what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a real turf farm, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wow, that doesn't quite work. No, <laughs> no, it kind of does. Yeah, <laughs> we just didn't. It, 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 it's 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 uh, it's urban dictionary for seventies uh, bush. Oh, yeah, that's how oh, I interpreted oh, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> thanks for clarifying, Andy. I, I didn't know. <laughs> see, see, oh, Andy, let's do this. I was such a scared little shit that I was terrorized by something that I never even saw. Wow. Let what? me let me clarify. I was terrorized by a preview in the movie theater. Oh, okay. So you saw it, you didn't see the movie. Right, because the movie was Barbarella. <laughs> <laughs> What's terrifying about Barbarella? <laughs> when I was when I was little, they did a re-release of Barbarella in our movie theater. And it had that little that scene with the little walking dolls with the sharp teeth. <laughs> And and so the moment I saw that, I was fucking done. Oh, From then wow. on, the rest of my life is in terror of little dolls with teeth that I, of course, adore to this day. Right. But at the time, oh yeah, that there was there was no putting your feet along the side of the bed because that's where the biting dolls are. Sure. Isn't yeah. there some sort of trilogy of terror memorabilia in your house now? Uh, yes the the yeah, uh, the, the yeah. Zuni the Zuni doll yeah. which I hadn't yeah. seen at that point I I saw that later in life and of course I love it's the the best story of the other two are forgettable compared to that one yeah, are there are there other stories I forgot yeah there's three stories in yeah. trilogy of terror that's why it's called oh, trilogy that's why it's trilogy yeah. oh, oh, science <laughs> mind blown right. Anyway, so, so that's what terrified us. What terrified you? Write to us in the uh, comments at uglycowshow.com or you can put Thanks it in the chocolate monkey slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess I'll put my notes away. <laughs> I got four games to play. Oh, wait, Jeff has Jeff has a terror. Or... <laughs> no, I don't yeah. have a terror. I just we, we, we got off that. on a way long tangent. I, I, I think we're well past what geeky things we did this week. Yeah, no, we're, we're not, but I just wanted to open that up to the monkeys since we talked about it a little bit. Jeff, what'd you do? Uh, I actually saw two really good movies that I really enjoyed. First one's called Driven. It's a um, kind of a dramatic telling about the, uh, the John DeLorean uh, drug case. And it has a really good cast. Uh, Lee Pace plays uh, John DeLorean... Uh, it also stars Jason Sudeikis, Judy Greer, Michael Cudlitz, and Aaron Moriarty. It's a dramatized version, uh, telling retelling of the uh, of the story of John DeLorean trying to buy drugs to finance his company to to keep it going when uh, his uh, investors started drying up. 
but it's a it's a fun it's a fun little movie and uh i i really enjoyed it the other one i really liked uh is on amazon prime and it's called the map of tiny perfect things every time i think well there's not much more they can do with the whole uh groundhog day scenario another one of these movies comes out and just really impresses me that you know they take an original take taking that element and turning it into a different story but this is on Amazon Prime. Um, it's, a, it's a cute little, uh, essentially, love story that develops between these two people that are trapped in this time loop. I don't want to say too much more in case anybody watches it. But as a filmmaker, you know, as somebody that's a film aficionado, especially about the, you know, the mechanics of filmmaking, it's got a lot of really amazing tracking shots, like long tracking shots. Which, if something goes wrong, you literally have to start over from the beginning on those shots. But the fact that this film has so many of them and they're done so well just really impressed the hell out of me. Because I haven't seen anything like that in a movie in a while. If, if nothing more than to watch it for that, it's also a cute, fun little story uh, nice. that I, I found quite enjoyable. Did you watch Palm Springs? Yes. You okay. talked about it on the show a few times. We eh? did. Yep, yeah. We did. Yeah, sorry. Remember memory problems because you guys talked about on the show and Barry actually enjoyed it. See, I had the other bad part about living with, with Barry is he's super picky about movies, like super picky about movies and TV. Okay. Wait, you, you keep adding to this list last time. It it was, he won't watch things a second time. And now he's very picky about what he watches the first time. So, So it's hard. So we're stuck in the house and I'm like Jeff, right? I like to give things a try. I'm willing to watch it to see if I enjoy it. Then there's Barry. Nah. <laughs> nah. All right. You know what? Let, let me respond to that. Because we, I have been recently been like, okay, you know what? Fine. Let's just watch it and see what happens. And dimes to donuts. Fucking nine times out of ten. Nope. That was exactly as shitty as I thought it was going to be. I want my two hours back. Barry, We're running out but, of stuff. But, but Barry, no, you, you go don't. into a lot of things thinking you're going to hate them, and then you have a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I, I'm I'm always impressed with somebody who has no taste as so picky about things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm a delight. <laughs> also, Barry and Rob, uh, Barry, Barry and Deb. Excuse me. <laughs> There's the title: Barry and Rob. Barry and Rob. Barry and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> which always sounds like which always sounds like options after the murder. Um, you you two should be checking each other's areas to find if one of you is typing all work and no play. (laughs) (laughs) You guys guys are getting some serious shining action here. You guys stuck together. You know know what's funny, Andy, is like there was a long pause between you said you guys should be checking each other's areas and it was like pause, pause, pause. (laughs) And I was just like, um, where are you going with this, Andy? Yeah. And before like he says that, he even paused b- to wait for laughter to the joke that wasn't funny. Well, he does that, <laughs> see? He does yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you, guys to, you guys need to check out each other's turf farms. I'm, wasn't funny. Stir firms? Stir firms. But no, I'm seriously, monkeys, I need help. Like, we need honest-to-goodness suggestions that Barry might be interested in watching because we spend so many nights literally going through every app we have trying to find something he might be willing to watch and half the time finding nothing. If only there was a podcast where we brought geeky things that we do each week that the average geek would enjoy. I don't. 
Uh, I, you know. Okay, so <laughs> I suggest them. I'm like, hey, Jeff mentioned that. And Barry's like, no. I'm like, what the fuck? And, and you know, the, the sad thing is Barry and I usually like a lot of the same things, which is this why is I don't true. understand why you have a problem getting him to watch things that I bring to the show. <sighs> Jeff, suggest, okay, text, text Deb after this. Give her some, some suggestions. And if she says it's from you, I will try them as long as they're not DC. Hey, Todd, what episode is this again? This is a 578. Oh, don't make me want, listen to old Hey, hey, hey Barry, oh. there's 578 episodes of me making suggestions. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you want me to do the legwork for you? Fuck you. Yes, I want you to comb through 578 hour-plus episodes of you giving suggestions. Thank you. Who, no. is, who is it that posted on Facebook about the, you know, the Google it is not me being negative. This is me that I don't you any, owe you any labor. I've already done the labor for you. That 578 been... times. Uh... Jeff, this is where you text him titles like Pride and Prejudice. Uh, <laughs> oh. Emma, you just, just send him those. Todd, I love those. Exactly. Those you, deserve to, those. you deserve to watch those. Barry? And I do. A relationship is about compromise. Watch <laughs> yeah. some fucking Emma. No, and the those... compromise is you go ahead and you watch your uh, period dramas and you watch your DC shows and I'll go play pinball or Skyrim yeah. or something else. The benefit of having two large screen televisions in two totally separate rooms in this house. We've been doing that a lot more lately, which is not good because we do like to hang out with each other. So, Yeah, but need a... then you get me to hang out when you say... Right! And I have to come all the way over. And what do you do? You shake your drink glass. That's empty <laughs> of an old fashioned. Living bartenders got to make it old fashioned. Okay. Got to put you to use somehow, on a, Barry. On a side note, I watched fucking Emma, and that was actually pretty hot. Um, gave a whole new meaning to period porn. Wow. How was the turf farm? It's not going to become a thing, Andy. Stop pushing it. <laughs> like fucking Paul. You, you, you pillowed that joke 15 minutes ago. It's dead. It's buried in the ground. He's the kind of guy that grew up and gave himself his own nickname, right? That's you, isn't it, Andrew? <laughs> it's become its own turf farm at this point. It's been on the ground so long. Yeah, Andy, it's time to roll it up and take it to Fenway Park for fuck's sake. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I wish I lived near you. I swear I would rent a Bigfoot costume and lurk outside your window waiting for your poop. <laughs> Hashtag goals, Barry. Hashtag goals. These are my goals, man. But but Barry, <laughs> who are we kidding? You wouldn't rent the costume. You would buy the costume. Yes, he would. This is true. This is true. Yeah. And the, the neat thing is, Barry, that's one practical joke that you do that would actually get a response as opposed to, like, you know, Todd I ignoring you, your Todd shit. Bristow. I hate your life. <laughs> You put so much work into it, too. <laughs> mm, some some weird fan sounding some stuff. No, the best thing to do is just not respond. <laughs> 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 Speaking
speaking of awesome fans, let's do a few emails, my friends. All right. All right. Uh, first question uh, comes from Pat. Uh, out of the 51-plus TV shows that are ending in 2021, which one are you most disappointed that is ending? Uh, well, uh, that's a... That's a question that, that took a little research, uh, Pat, because uh, who, who knows what the hell is ending in 2021? Um, yeah, I got a list has changed already in the first two months of the year. Exactly, and that's I've, I've had to change my answer because of it. So I'll just throw mine out real quick, even, even though I don't get CBS All Access. Uh, Twilight Zone. I know mm, Twilight yeah. Zone has come under some some fire by like, ah, I I didn't like it. It was very hit or miss. Well, guess what? Twilight Zone has always been hit or miss in every iteration. Right. People love the old Twilight Zones because they only remember the really awesome episodes of it. There's a lot of clunkers in there too. If you get the complete collection or you watch it somewhere on Netflix, you'll, you'll see that Twilight Zone isn't firing on all cylinders at all times. So I'm kind of sad that they they keep coming back to it. They try it. It lasts a season or two, and then it goes away. I just don't think people care about the Twilight Zone anymore, but I do, and it's something I want to see endure. So I'm sad that that's going. Uh, Jeff, you got an answer to this question? Yeah, um, and uh, I, I had one, and I was like, this is it. This is the only one I care about ending, but now I'm not sure because there's three that are ending now that I that I really enjoy. I would say of the three, the ones that I'm really torn between are uh, Supergirl ending on on CW and Brooklyn Nine Nine ending on NBC. Oh, I didn't see that on the list. It uh, oh. they they just announced Brooklyn Nine Nine. I want to say it was last week uh, after we recorded the podcast. They were having a difficult time trying to figure out where to go with the the current season. Because of all of the, um, you know, the police violence and everything that was going on around the country, and you know, how do you, how do you present a show that's a comedy, that's about sort of bumbling cops, but they still get the job done, and you know, at the end of the day, and do things the right way. Whereas, you know, they have brought in some of that social commentary, like Sergeant Jeffers getting harassed by a patrolman just for being a person of color, et cetera. But they were really having a tough time trying to figure out where to go, especially with all the things that were happening, mostly in that in the northeast part of the country. And since the show is set in Brooklyn, New York, they weren't really sure where to go with that. So this, cur- this coming season will be the final season for it. Um, for what? Super- for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and then he was trying su- to do your joke and failing. <laughs> and and well, Supergirl I ending, I I just feel like it's ending too early. But I I don't know. I mean, with all of the, I think Superman being introduced on the CW, whereas I still like that, and I did watch the first episode, and I think it's going to be a good series because that character is so much more popular than Supergirl. I think it did it a disservice by coming on at this time, and it basically spelled the end for Supergirl. So those those are the, the, the two that I'm the most uh, upset about, I guess. I got two. What you got, Matt? Keep it up with the Kardashians. And <laughs> uh, Judge Judy. All right. Yeah. Very sad. Both of them that are was gone. One, that was one I was surprised by. It's like, Judge Judy is still on? Holy shit. 
How about you, Andy? I guess I haven't updated my list because I didn't know about, uh, but um, uh, Glow. I, I was enjoying Glow. I still have another season to watch of it. But yeah, that was really fun. Maybe if you watched the season, they wouldn't have canceled it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Black Lightning, which I didn't get into much, but I'm, I know we have, uh, Steve has a friend on it, so you know, I'm sorry about that. And The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I heard mixed stuff on, which I was going to watch, but yeah, does it end? I don't know. Oh, it ends. They, I mean, they had plenty of planning. We've watched that the whole thing, and the last season was a trudge. Like, it really was hard to get uh, through it. Uh, yeah. Um, it just, it got, it got to a point where they just kept kind of, like, every episode felt kind of the same type of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, it went burn notice on you. Okay. Sorry. What are you missing? Well, I'm, I'm with Jeff on Supergirl. Now, to be clear, like, I haven't watched Supergirl completely for Supergirl. I've watched a lot of the season, like... My favorites are um, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow is probably my favorite CW show. My, um, my, my two favorites as well. Yeah. And, but I really like the crossovers, and I really like Supergirl being in the crossovers. Like, I think her character adds quite a bit to those crossovers. So I'm really kind of disappointed that they're getting rid of one of the super strong female characters in the CW lineup right now. Um, and I, I just, I'm really glad... Uh, Legends Tomorrow is getting another season. I was super, par- I don't know why, but I was super paranoid after the season I'm catching up on right now that they were not going to get another season. Um, but they are, thank goodness. Um, and then one show that Barry and I really like, uh, Kaminsky Method. Um, oh. That one's also ending after this next season, which is disappointing. It's a good, it's a good bannery 30 minute show. It's just, it's, it's nice to watch and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's lighthearted. Barry. And- very well written. Yes. Uh, I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue, yeah. How do you go wrong with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin? They're hilarious. Right? <laughs> and they do a lot of shots in this show from Musso and Franks in L.A. that I desperately want to go to to eat. Yes. We'll add that to the trip itinerary, Barry. Uh, yeah. It's going to happen. Will that be before or after we visit Andy's house in the Bigfoot suit? <laughs> mm, uh, before. Kirsten, you have one that you're going to miss? Well, you know, like Andy said, Black Lightning, because Cress Williams is uh, Professor Biggs' second favorite name drop after the award-winning comics writer and artist Lane Williams uh, as a dear friend. I'm also, uh, I guess, Dear White People is ending, and I'm sad about that because in today's climate, we need more... Uh, I think it's just nice that there's something out there that says white people are dear. Um, Conan is ending and, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't even know that that there was a TV series for Conan. Um, I thought that they had done one, you know, like 10 years ago and that was it. So I was looking forward to watching that and binging it and catching up and. Now to know that it's been canceled, I'm just kind of disappointed. I really want want that, but I didn't realize we were holding open mic night. <laughs> You're on a podcast with Andy, and you don't realize it's not open mic night. Right. And, and what's and what's Andy Dick going to be doing now that Conan's canceled? <laughs> he made such a such a good thiefy sidekick to the big brawny Sumerian, you know. Oh shit! I'd love. I'd watch that. 
Well, there is an yeah. addendum question on this. Uh, Andy, and, and, and Andy that is Richter. Andy Richter. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like Andy Dick. Whatever. He's running with it. <laughs> Andy Dick's better, man. <laughs> he adds chaos. Um. <laughs> Yes, Andy. Anyone with anyone with the name Andy adds chaos. You could just leave it at that. Good point. So the addendum question is: uh, best kind of cheese on a cheeseburger? Go, Jeff. Uh, Sharp cheddar. Andy. Cheeseburgers on a hamburger. Cheese on a hamburger is an abomination. He didn't ask you what's on a hamburger. He asked you what best cheese on a cheeseburger. Get it straight. Done. Gross. Deb, best cheese. Okay, I can't answer that question because there's too many choices and it really depends on what else is on said burger. But I love cheese. Cheese. Yeah. Matt, best cheese on a burger. Smoked Gouda. Barry, what's your cheese? My doctor says I can't have milk anymore. (laughs) 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 Aw, he genuinely looks sad. Yeah, he is. Somebody's getting old. I'll, I'll pick one for him. Blue cheese crumbles. Oh, my Fuck favorite. You, no. Blue cheese is an abomination. Blue uh, cheese is amazing. It's amazing. Kirsten, what's your cheese? Extra sharp cheddar. Ah. From Fancy. New York. From um, where? From where? New York. You know who has better sharp cheddar? No one. England. <laughs> England. <laughs> England. Yeah, England, the land of culinary taste stimulation, I believe. But their cheese is better. How Mm. is it boiled? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, it comes in a can. Deb, I'm so sorry. How did I miss this? Lafroig makes cheese. They do. Really? We bought it, and then he left it. Hey, refrigerator hey, at hey, an Airbnb. Listen, you limey oh. fuck wannabe, why don't you just move over there? <laughs> I would love Jesus. to. God. Hey, I was uh, we were that was on our plan, all right? And actually we're gonna retire over there. So, you know. Scotland. We're gonna buy property in Scotland. Maybe do a B and B on the Whiskey Trail. That's our retirement plan. Are you going to have to fake the accident so the American tourists don't know what's going on? No. We're going to open a barbecue place there. Oh, you know, yeah. We're going to own it. <laughs> own it. Rick's Cafe American Loch Ness. So, Deb and Barry, when you buy your property, you open up your B&B. That means... That's what he said. And that's... <laughs> Does this mean? (laughs) I like B&B and Q. That's good. So when you open up your Scottish BB&Q, does that mean that I can rent a room forever? If you pay for it. Yeah, that's that's just me renting. So yeah, I'm going to live with you. Oh God! No. You just shattered Barry's dreams. <laughs> so, so I guess this yeah. means that my retirement plans are to live in Scotland. Oh, oh. oh boy, Todd! If if they do this, they have to get an old castle, so 
like the, Barry can be walking through the castle and all of a sudden, like the suit of armor goes, hey, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing? What's going on? And everyone knows that Scotland is haunted, so it only makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just picturing I'm picturing Barry in a kilt doing the Marilyn Monroe thing over over the parapet. <laughs> that would be horrifying. It would be, <laughs> but I could see it happening. Uh, so going back to the subject of cheese. Um... <laughs> this episode is full of cheese. Oh, you're telling me. Actually, that's the title of the episode. Going back to the subject of cheese. Uh, you are all entitled to your opinion, uh, even when you're wrong. It's blue cheese. That's that is the cheese for the burger. Blue cheese is amazing. It is yeah. so good on a burger, especially with bacon. Yeah. Yep, especially if one. you toast the blue cheese before you put the mm. bacon on. That extra char gives it a wonderful flavor. There's, oh, a, I see. Yeah. there's a burger place here that, that serves a buffalo. It's a it's a buffalo burger with blue cheese, bacon, and a little bit of like uh, you know, hot sauce. It is so good. Forget so Scotland. Good. I'm running a room now. Fuddruckers <laughs> had one of those for a while. They had a bu- the bison burger that was uh, essentially everything you just said, Dub. The good thing for Andy is that with blue cheese, you know, he doesn't really need cheese for the hamburger. Just leave the burger meat out for a month, and once it grows some mold, you just grill that, and there you go. Same thing. Except you die. So, you know, there's Except that. not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't say hamburger. You're entitled to your impression, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I, I won't <laughs> I once ate hamburger of a uh, questionable age, and it was not uh, it's not a happy happy time. Did you statutory burger? <laughs> yeah, I I ate hamburger that I thought I'd put in there two days ago, and uh, somebody else had eaten it apparently. So it was literally hamburger of a questionable age. Oh wow! Yeah. Wait, wait you ate a burger that somebody already ate? Somebody yeah. else made burgers, and then it got back pushed in the back of the fridge, and then I made a burger, a couple burgers. And uh, I thought it was the newer were, one. Yes, I didn't know. I didn't know about the older one. That was hidden. So we do that sometimes that in our refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Why are you putting burgers in your fridge? Because you can cook up a bunch of burgers at one time and just reheat them in the microwave. Ugh. Ugh. Barry's such a food snob. He's a huge Ooh. food snob. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. Well, thank you, yes. Matt, for writing in and causing this argument. <laughs> Fortunately, Barry's just a food snob. It's not like he's a snob about anything else. So <laughs> you could have stopped and said Barry's a snob. Yes, there. Yes, that was the joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, given that, it only makes sense now that we get into news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Quit showing off. That was a good one. News you don't give a shit about. Frogger, the classic 1980s era video game in which players attempt to... What? Wait, are you telling me they make Frogger in a movie? Is that the news? Not quite. Oh, good. Not quite. But I like where your heart's at. You've got the right section for it. 
So Frogger, the 80s era video game in which players attempt to guide a lonely frog across a busy highway and a log-filled river, is coming to television as a game show on NBC's Peacock. The NBC-owned streaming service has partnered with Eureka Productions in order to adapt the beloved Konami title into, quote, a fierce and ridiculously fun competition series of 12 outrageous obstacle courses, unquote, that the official release describes as crossings. The synopsis continues, quote, these physically demanding challenges will see contestants dodge treacherous traffic, leap over snapping gators, and hop over hungry hippos to conquer the course, unquote. Taking on the role of the game's amphibian, contestants from around the country must employ skill, strength, strategy, and problem-solving to reach the river on the other side. In this case, the river is a metaphor for sizable cash price. Thirteen hour-long episodes of the new series have already been ordered. Frogger, the video game, first debuted in 1981. So Frogger, the game show, coming to Peacock. I don't give a shit about it, but I can see it working. It's called The Floor is Lava. I Ooh, I would actually show. give a shit about this if it were a true like Japanese style yes! video game themed yes! to Frogger, where that there were actual dangerous stakes in the in the the different puzzles. But I know that it's because it's going to be for American audiences and on Peacock, it's going to be super tame and little risk of injury at all. Like yeah, that was my first thought. It's like <sighs> Japanese video, Japanese game show, awesome, and yeah, it's American mm-hmm. television, so it's not happening. And going back a bit to your description, you said a lonely frog. Is that your description or their description? Is that canon? Is that frog supposed to be lonely? Because I didn't get that from the game. Oh, what a lonely frog. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. There's not enough enough 70s standards in this show. I try. Well, it's it's a singular frog, a lonely frog that you were guiding across the road, right? So you you are foisting your description of lonely on that frog that's not something canon <laughs> yes i guess you would wow. say that i gave the the frog the lonely moniker aha uh-huh. i read something into the game i read an emotional attachment to the game that was not there all right i'm glad we got that figured out <laughs> fact checks on the case fact check is on the case Great. Todd, we, you, this is Andy, the guy who thinks pets exist to teach children about death. Empathy <laughs> for frogs, too, apparently. beyond him. Oh, oh, frogs aren't there to teach about love. Damn bachelor <laughs> Of course not. They're lonely. <laughs> that brings us to Weekend Geek. Yay! Woo! In the long-developing journey to bring the Halo sci-fi gaming franchise to the small screen, the upcoming live-action TV series Halo is leaving its original Showtime destination behind and is set to debut instead as an exclusive at the newly branded Paramount+. Plus. Under its current CBS All Access moniker, the streamer's already home to Star Trek properties as well as the now-canceled Twilight Zone and Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, also bolstering the platform genre lineup that's coming will uh, be original feature films, as well as a steady of supply of small screen arrivals from Paramount's theatrical roster. Uh, at least three new genre projects are reportedly in development at Paramount+. Plus. 
including a new Pet Cemetery horror chapter that's billed as, quote, a new origins story based on the Stephen King bestseller. Uh, when now I we're back to back to the Mick Bucks and the Paddywhacks. Uh, yes, this is the sour ground thing. No, uh, as prescient as Jake's things was, uh, Jake uh, reached out to me. Apparently, this is a prequel that has to do with the Judd character, the next door uh, neighbor and his dealings with the burial ground. Uh, the new film is reportedly produced by Bumblebee's Lorenzo Di Bonaventura and written by Jeff Bueller, who also penned the script for the t- 2019 Pet Cemetery remake. In addition, Paramount Plus will be the streaming home for the previously announced Paranormal Activity reboot from the director Will Eubank and writer Christopher Landon, as well as The In-Between, an upcoming supernatural romance movie from filmmaker Ari Posen and script writer Mark Klein. Now, on the big screen to small screen side of things, the streamer also teased that A Quiet Place 2 and Mission Impossible 7 will each make Paramount Plus their TV home once these films' 45-day theatrical windows have expired. Paramount Plus also scored another Star Trek original, with Viacom CBS announcing that the platform will premiere the CG-animated kids' series Star Trek Prodigy, which was originally been set to debut on Nickelodeon. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're going to do a reboot of Frasier, but the long-in-development Halo series launch date at Showtime was never officially set, so that appears to be the case for Paramount Plus as well. Uh, so far, they say it's going to debut in early 2022. The make Wait. or break on a Halo movie is going to be um, uh, Cortana. This Cortana's not in it. It's going to be hard to get me interested. Um, sure, and it's, it's going to be a be... TV series, not a movie. Right. Right. Sorry. But you said uh, the movie said they were making movies too, right? Oh, yeah. All the rest of those were movies for the most part. They, oh, I, thought you they... said, I thought you said they were doing TV series and movie. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they're just doing the TV series for Halo. Okay. Andy, they're gonna they're gonna have Cortana. I just looked it up, and it's gonna be Natasha McElhone. Ooh, okay. So that's pretty cool for people who don't know who she is. She's a famous actress. She was also uh, the wife of uh, the president in uh, Designated Survivor, and she's done. That's one of the more recent things she's done. She's done a ton of stuff. Californication. Yep. Right. Ronan. Um. Yeah. Ronan. Um, Halo, I'm mildly interested in. I never really got into the games that much. I mean, I like the games, but I didn't get into it like, oh my god, Halo. Uh, but I did watch Halo uh, Forward Onto Dawn, that like five-episode series. I think you could probably find it on Netflix. I don't know. But yeah. that was done really well. I, so if it's anything it like was. that, I'm all about it. And then That's what... uh, just the next one, a question. Are they seriously rebooting Frasier? Rebooting? With Kelsey Grammer. Okay, that is not a rebooting. It's 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 a continuation, but yeah, yeah. it's that is wow. not a reboot. Hollywood's fascinated with the term reboot for everything now. So, like yeah, a soft really. reboot, which is you know taking a few cast members from an original property and moving them into an entirely fresh property, or doing a continuation. But since it's been a long period of time in between, they like to use reboot because they're quote unquote hoping it'll appeal to new audiences it's you know it is what it is it's not right i was just looking at the uh the halo stuff and they actually had jen taylor the original cortana playing cortana until five days ago that that property it's 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 been almost 20 years since they've been trying to get it onto 
either the big screen or in the small screen as a series. So the fact that it's been that long, I mean, I, I honestly think they've missed their window, even with the hardcore Halo fans. I don't think it's going to be popular enough to sustain. I've enjoyed my time with Halo less as time has gone on. Uh, when it first came out, it was the fun multiplayer game to play and play yeah. through the uh, first player stuff. I think Jeff, didn't you and I play the second one like a yeah. co-op together beginning to end? Yep. But at no point did I say, man, this has such a great story. I can't wait till somebody translates it to the screen or television someday. Yeah. It's It's been translated into um, a bunch of books, too. My son has read a bunch, uh, bunch of the books. The the first two games didn't get heavy into the the quote-unquote Halo universe story that really started at the end of two and then went on with three. But, I mean... They've done more world-building sense, so I think that could be why you felt that way on the first two, because that's kind of how I felt. I mean, it was an interesting story as far as a first person, the first two games, but it didn't really take off until much later in the series as far as the the world they were trying to, to establish and the storyline they were trying to establish. Ken and I played through the first at least three, I think. I think we dropped off when they switched away from Master Chief when they uh, when they brought in the the one that takes place starts on Earth and then you're playing with a bunch of different characters. Well, that was supposed to be a side story, ODST, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Drop, drop Shock Trooper. Yeah, I just don't see it competing with Red versus Blue. No, <laughs> that, that one. I, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed that they've still all these years later managed to keep that fresh and funny. That's yeah. amazing. You got something on your head, like a blue glowing <laughs> a spider. <laughs> <It's a> spider. <laughs> Warner Brothers is developing a new Superman movie. Tanahasi Coates. He's a National Book Award winner and writer of the Black Panther and Captain America comic book series for Marvel is signed on to write the project with J.J. Abrams, currently enjoying a mega deal with the studio producing. No director has been announced at this point. While the aim is to revamp the series, the report notes that Henry Cavill has expressed interest in reprising the role of Clark Kent, though there's no word yet on direction in which Coates and Abrams want to take the character. Now, the Hollywood reporter's Boris Kitt tweeted that the aim is to possibly introduce a black Superman, which is, quote, something the studio has been trying to find a way for months, if not a year or two, unquote. Other reports also note a search is imminent for a new Superman. Apparently, Michael B. Jordan attempted to do something similar when he signed an overall deal with WB in 2019, but ultimately the idea didn't pick up enough of momentum at that time. So... I've heard a lot of conflicting reports thus far that it's been confirmed that it's a black Superman and that it hasn't. So I'm still kind of up in the air as to whether that's true or not. But new Superman movie coming either way. Yeah, and I'm I'm fine with this for several reasons. One, it seems like from what I haven't read the comic that I guess it's going to be based on. But uh, it sounds interesting. The other thing is with the kind of multiverse that they're going to establish with the the flashpoint movie that's coming up that doesn't necessarily preclude henry cavill from reprising the role as as superman so i think both can coexist and i would be fine with both of them coexisting i i I love interesting takes on that character because i you know it's it's too easy 
for that Superman character to become very vanilla and 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 somewhat uh, boring, if you will. I just I'm behind because I watched the CW shows on Netflix, so I just watched Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I think that was one of my favorite parts was seeing what three was it? Yeah, three different Supermans that they have had pe- characters play over the years, like yep. do in that. It was really interesting. Who owns that property right now? The rights to Superman? Which studio? Big Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Okay. War- Warner's owns DC, so. Isn't it like Marvel, where just because Warner owns DC, that they own all of the titles? Warner. Uh, never, yeah, uh, they, they own everything, lock, stock, and barrel. Warner never split their stuff off into multiple companies. That was one of the smart Got things it. they did. Got it. But they yeah. also didn't do a smart thing by establishing a DC films production group if you will they do a lot of piecemealing like well you know this person wants to do this movie and this person wants to do that movie and they never connected them all until Zack Snyder came into the picture and then that whole thing turned out unfortunately to to not go forward it very well you know obviously due to his family tragedy and so forth but as far as the black superman goes uh, I know they've they've done it in the comic book uh, why not yeah, I think, exactly. it's a, I think it's an interesting idea that has a lot of interesting story to tell. And if it makes the man babies cry, so be it. That's. I think I like I'll, it more I, because it'll make the man babies cry. Yeah, yeah. I'll drink the tears. I'll drink the tears. That's fine. Yep. That's Somebody tell nice. Carl. <laughs> Back in 1973, uh, director George A. Romero made a thriller titled The Amusement Park. The movie was commissioned by the Lutheran Society because they wanted a film about the horrible treatment of the elderly in contemporary society. The movie was never released because the Lutheran Society thought it was too gruesome for mainstream audiences. Uh, The amusement park stars Lincoln Motzel as an elderly man who finds himself increasingly disoriented and isolated during a visit to the amusement park. What he initially assumed would be an ordinary day quickly turns into a hellish nightmare filled with roller coasters and chaotic crowds. All prints of the film were thought to be lost, but one was tracked down in 2018 by Daniel Kraus, who was a longtime collaborator with Guillermo del Toro. Kraus mm. took action to restore the film, and a 4K restoration was completed by Indie Collect in New York City. Shudder, the streaming service, is now planning to release this film this summer, and they describe it as, quote, perhaps Romero's wildest and most imaginative movie, an allegory about the nightmarish realities about growing older. Oh, so. Wow. This long-lost Romero film found in the last few years and will be going to shutter sometime this summer. Uh, I do want to reiterate, this is not a horror movie, per se. This is the only time that George Romero was a director for hire for a project. The only time he's ever done this. And it is apparently disturbing in its subject matter, but not horror. So do keep that in mind if you are uh, seeking this out at a later date. Wow. I mean, do the Lutherans still have rights to it? Or, I mean... I mean, did, what shenanigans went on to get this thing so you could show it in public again? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I assume it's the, uh, the the family owns the rights to it. Uh, I haven't seen anything as far as legal wrangling with the Lutheran Society over it. Obviously, that was ironed out if Shudder can show it. Wow. Shudder Crazy. showed up with a briefcase, Andy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Shudder, so it was a very small briefcase. It was more yeah, of a box. Yeah, it's a fanny pack. They showed up with a fanny yeah. pack. Sort yeah. of an attache. 
yeah, Steve was there and gave him his fanny pack. Yeah, check out, <laughs> check out, check out all these Washingtons, baby. <laughs> the recent performances of Jedi Fallen Order and Anthem have led Electronic Arts to remove live service elements from the publisher's upcoming Dragon Age game. The planned multiplayer components have been removed. Instead, the next Dragon Age game will be more in the traditional single-player RPG, something that the developer Bioware is much more familiar with. The game was rumored to be another live-service title, similar to that of Bioware's previous game, Anthem. Anthem was a live-service title that failed to impress when it launched back in 2019. EA and BioWare attempted to save the game with its Anthem Next update, although that was also recently canceled. The publisher instead decided to dedicate the time and resources to the publisher's upcoming Mass Effect and Dragon Age projects. I I love this for two reasons. One, let BioWare be BioWare. Let them do what they do best, make role-playing games. Don't make them do shooter things. They have no idea what they're doing. Agreed. I heard that, too, that they're also uh, going to put more time into Swartor again. More time into what? what? Uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic. Oh. Oh, I loved that game. Yeah, there's still a lot of rumor about a new one of those floating about, although nothing is official just yet. This is not the KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. It is KOTOR, Star Wars, The Old Republic, which is the MMO version of that. So it's not KOTOR, it's SOTOR, and make sure you don't confuse that with BOTOR, because WOTOR is way out. <laughs> two Andy's here. We got what? two Andy's here. <laughs> I was being good. What a burn! <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the motor, the uh, the, uh, the motorcycle centaur that confuses my father. So, so to be clear, when you say they're taking out the multiplayer, I just want to make sure it's not like couch co-op functionality. You're talking about online multiplayer versions. Yes. Like yes. Like Fallout seventy six. Yeah, it's not going to be anything like that. Okay, uh, good. Good. Yeah, Barry and I, like, we love those games, but, like, we tried Fallout 76, and it was, we just, yeah. Todd um, says it's better now. It is better. I've tried it twice. I still haven't really gone back to it. They've, they've made it better since they've added NPCs. It doesn't feel like the empty world it once was, uh, but it still suffers from life ser- live service-itis. And, and that's the other thing I like about this story is that EA looks like they're learning from their mistakes or at least financially learning from their mistakes. And these live service things are, are starting to be stripped away from things because that's what live service is. It's buy our game with the promise. We're going to make it even better in the future. And that rarely ever happens. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're making that promise now with the Avengers game that no one's wanting to play and they're trying yeah. to figure out a way to save it. I don't recall the Anthem game. What was what was that? There were mechs, like mech suits. Yeah, a few people do. Like, everybody is in their own little Iron Man suit. It had a neat little background story, but the gameplay was so convoluted. And, well, it, it was one of those things that you get with a lot of MMOs where everything you do <sighs> has no impact on the world because it's a always available multiplayer game. That if you change the world for one person, you have to change it for the rest, so change it for no one. Uh, okay. Everything exists at all times, problem that MMOs have. That nothing you do matters. <laughs> Except you get cool gear, like World of Warcraft. Like, the better you yeah. level. The they they all tend get. to be, 
yeah, they all tend to be looter shooters when it comes down to it. It's about uh, leveling up your dude and getting a stronger weapon, which is just the same as the last weapon, but with a different name and a different graphic. Not yeah. Minecraft! Not Minecraft, sir. You only have a sword in that one. That's, that's only one weapon. Yeah, We definitely affect the other world. Actually, you can make an axe a weapon, too. That's right. They finally implemented that. And a bow. And a trident. And Torgo's corpse. <laughs> that's a weapon? Can be. <laughs> a new docuseries is in the works from Mark Wahlberg's Unrealistic Ideas production company, which previously brought us HBO's Emmy-nominated McMillions. This time, they are taking on the story of MoviePass, chronicling the demise of the famed movie ticket subscription service. Quote, the docuseries is based on insider reporter Jason Garasano's award-winning coverage of the rise and fall of the company. Garasano's uh, reports chronicled MoviePass's explosive growth in 2017 after offering unlimited theatrical movies for just $9.95 a month through its downfall. Producers of the project made a statement saying, quote, Employing a sexy price to turbocharge subscriber growth, the investors who took over the company sought the rapid success experienced by high-flying startups like WeWork and Uber, but threw over-the-top parties, inexplicable mismanagement, and questionable behind-the-scenes deals, the new leadership of Movies Pass slowly alienated its customers and shuttered its service just two years after its surge into the zeitgeist, unquote. Unrealistic partner and president Archie Gibbs added, quote, there is only one way to tell the unabridged story of movie pass properly, and that's through the eyes of Stacy and Hammett, the innovators who conceived it. They built it from nothing and then were told their services were no longer needed, unquote. Anybody so, here use it? Anyone here use it? <laughs> no, but I had a couple of coworkers that did. Memorably, yes, somebody here used it. Who? Uh, Big Commander K there. He had movie pass for a while, didn't you? Yeah. What was the problem with it? The problem? Yeah, what was the problem? They they changed. They changed it. I uh, I had gotten it actually in anticipation of watching. Uh, oh shit! Which one was it? It was one of the Avengers films. You were like really intent Avengers on seeing it multiple times. I was gonna just see it a billion times because uh, Doug Citizen, a mutual friend of uh, Andy's and I, had used Movie Pass to watch one of the Star Wars sequels a jillion times. They changed the terms of how it could be used right the day of the Avengers release. Oh wow! And I was pretty pissed. Wow. And and they just they changed things to, you know, not instead of once a day, it was a couple times a month, and it might be this movie, might be that movie, and it just their model quickly fell apart. And then uh, then no, I, I, mean I canceled. It was a company founded on a flawed premise anyway. I mean, their whole notion of buying bulk tickets and then trying to force the theaters to reduce their prices to a reasonable rate was never going to fly either because a lot of those ticket prices, they're contractually obligated. The theaters were contractually obligated to charge, you know, especially based on the fact that really the theaters don't really control anything and their profit margin is, you know, a slight bit on the ticket sales after. X number of days, but mostly on concessions. Yeah, They were never going to force the theaters to lose a revenue stream when a lot of them were barely scraping by anyway, especially some of the mom and pop theater chains. And then the other premise was that they were going to try to use uh, 
the data generated by all the ticket sales to try to sell to the studios and to the, the theater chains to try to use that data to better streamline their services and stuff. And it's like they already had companies that did that. A lot of them had their own internal services to generate the kind of data that they were trying to sell them. So it, I don't know, it just it, I'm hoping the documentary is, is a little clearer on all this because, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating what I've based on what I've read. But yeah, it was just a flawed premise from the beginning. Speaking of flawed premises, it's time for Red Light, Green Light. Oh, my oh God. Oh, boy. Red Light, Green Light, such a fun game to play. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you say. They're going to make this shit anyway. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's going to be a very long episode. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna be. <laughs> hey, you know what? Some of those we have used and took our whole car drive between here and Austin and, and listened to a podcast. The podcast took almost the whole, whole entire time. So you guys have had plenty over two-hour episodes. Oh, yes, we have. We absolutely have. Yes. Well, and with as much as Todd's going to have to cut out, it'll probably only be about an hour and a half, hour and 45 anyway, right? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it'd be about 25 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there I go, over-exaggerating right when Andy again. starts talking, he goes, oh, cut it out. Oh, got to cut it out here now. <laughs> All right, my friends, here we go again. Done the Right Productions meeting is in order. We have some pitches. We got the green light. Again, we don't have a lot of money, so everybody gets one green, all right? No two greens this time. Only one, so make it a good one. I have four pitches here. Am I understanding that one or more of these are not real? So just be aware of that. So your choices for shows this week are... Lady J, True Blood, Superman, The Last Days of the Man of Steel, and Ring Shout. I can hear someone writing. <laughs> Andy. I am writing. Andy's loud pen. That's, that's fine. That's, 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 I'm glad someone's writing this shit down. Hey, that's, I'm writing someone it down needs too. to write this down. I'm See, writing. yeah. So you're taking it seriously. I get that. I appreciate it. We can't all have the memory of Jeff. Even that's starting to get foggy these days. <laughs> all right. So let's start off with the first, first pitch. Amazon is developing a TV series based around Lady J, the G.I. Joe team's covert operations specialist. Poor shit. It is a... It is means... <laughs> <laughs> It's meant to be a standalone story, but will tie back into the larger G.I. Joe universe. While the Orville star, Adrienne Pilecki, brought the character to life in 2013's G.I. Joe Retaliation, there's no news of who will play the character in the series. Eric Olson, who did Carnival Row, will create and she'll run the series with the Re Lorenzo D. Bonaventura, who did the upcoming Snake Eyes movie, executive producing it alongside him. No release date has been set for the new Amazon Prime series, although Snake Eyes is set to come out October 22nd, 2021. So that is Lady J. Wait, they're making a Snake Eyes series? No, they're making a Snake Eyes movie. Oh. Huh. Well, to be Isn't fair, Snake they've been Eyes... working on that Snake Eyes movie for about, what, six years? That sounds about right. Isn't Snake Eyes the one that doesn't talk? Yes. yes. Yep. Interesting. I think this movie will be played by Buster Keaton. 
<laughs> He's got the moves. He's got the voice. Next. So that was Lady J. Next up, we have HBO is in the early stages of putting together a reboot of True Blood with Roberto Aguirre Casasha, who did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and Jamie O'Brien, who did Nosferatu, attached as writers and executive producers. The show's original creator, Alan Ball, is also on board as an executive producer. None of the original cast members are slated to return, but that could change as development moves forward. There's also no word on exactly where or how this project will fit into the existing canon of the original series. Based on Charlene Harris's series of Southern vampire mystery novels, True Blood was a steamy vampire drama that starred Anna Paquin as Suki Stackhouse, a small-town waitress who finds herself swept up in a world of blood-sucking ghouls when she meets a debonair vampire named Bill Compton. The show, which currently holds a 70% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, ran for a total of 80 episodes across seven seasons between 2008 and 2014. It took home numerous accolades through its run, including two Emmys, a Golden Globe, a Glad Media Award, four Satellite Awards, and two Saturn Awards. So that's the reboot of True Blood. Next up. Warner Media and Berlanti Productions will be producing Superman, The Last Days of the Man of Steel for HBO Max. Based on All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly, the 10-episode limited series will see Brandon Routh play an older Superman who has found out he is dying through the secret machinations of Lex Luthor. Writer Mark Guggenheim stated, quote, in the graphic novel, we see Superman tackling some of the biggest problems facing the Earth, as well as sharing some personal moments with Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. Fans have said this is one of the top Superman stories of all time, and I couldn't agree more, unquote. Melissa Rosenbaum, who did Dexter, Jessica Jones, and the Twilight movie series, will act as showrunner. There's no word yet on any casting other than Brandon Routh. When reached for comment, Routh had this to say, quote, Life's weird, isn't it? This is the second time I'll be playing the part after I was sure I was done with them. I'm happy to be returning, especially for this iconic story, unquote. Superman, The Last Days of the Man of Steel, produced by Berlanti Productions, Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, Sarah Schnechter, begins shooting this early summer 2021 and will debut on HBO Max in spring of 2022. I'm sorry, was that going to be live action or like DC yes. animated? Okay. No, this is live action. Okay. And last, we have Skydance Television currently developing a series based on DeJelly Clark's 2020 novella, Ring Shout. Uh, the Old Guard's Kiki Lane is attached to star and executive produce, while Casey Lemons, who did Luke Cage and Harriet, is slated to write, direct, and sh serve as showrunner. Named after an African-American tradition that was born out of slavery in the United States, the story takes place in the 1920s and mixes history with fantasy. Here's the description. Following the release of D.W. Griffith's The Birth of a Nation, the Ku Klux Klan sees a resurgence in the South as its members are overtaken by otherworldly monsters that feed on the cancerous thoughts of racism. The person hoping to end the group's campaign of terror and violence is a young black woman, Marcy Boudreau, and her two friends and fellow resistance fighters, a foul-mouthed sharpshooter and a Harlem hellfighter armed with blade, bullet, and bomb, they hunt they're hunters and send the clan's demons straight to hell. But something even bigger is brewing in Macon, and the war on hell is about to heat up. And Marcy, haunted by events of her past, is the only one who can put a stop to it all. I don't know about that one. 
Did you see? Did you say the demons fed on racism? Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's the, that's the fake one right there. <laughs> All right. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. My friends, there are your choices. Lady J, the reboot of True Blood, Superman, The Last Days of the Man of Steel, and Ring Shout. As always, we start with our latest guest. And so, Deb, where do you put your green light? Of those four choices, I have to go with True Blood, um, solely because I did enjoy the show when we watched it. And I feel like that world does have story to tell. You don't have to stick with the characters we know. I mean, it's HBO, which means they can tell the vampire story the raunchy way it needs to be told because they're vampires. So <laughs> You just want to see vampire sex, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. What was that? But yeah. Well, this group hates sex, Barry. Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah, but these vampires, they, they're a special kind. They feed on brisket. As long as they don't feed on Bristo. I don't know. It's a vampire. I'm fine with it. Oh. <laughs> That's Sucks my for you. True blood. Speaking of feeding on Bristo, Barry, where do you put your green light? <sighs> All right. Well, Lady J is clearly horseshit. I will never green light. I, I, I take that back. I would green light Superman last days of the Man of Steel because I can see Ralph returning as Superman because I thought he did a good job in the in the other one he did. I'm not a DC guy, but I know that people would enjoy that film, so I'm I'm torn there. It, it may happen. Who knows? Ring shout. Demons of feed on racism. Fuck you. Uh, True Blood. You said the word I don't like. You said reboot, and I realize I should be saying this in that accent, but I, I, no, I just need to get through this. True Blood was a great series. I agree with Deb. There is more to tell in that universe. Would they bring back something like that? Yeah, as long as they don't re completely reboot it. As long as they tell a new story in that universe, I'll give it a green light. So the True All right. Blood. So the green with True Blood once again. Matt, where do you put your green light? My green light, I gotta go. Uh, someone's gotta, someone's gotta, you know, shout out for Steve Biggs here. We gotta, we gotta green light Superman. We got to. <laughs> Steve and... Biggs can fight his own <laughs> battles. He's a grown man. But I, I do oh, agree what? that that Ku Klux Klan demon bullshit, uh, that's horseshit. Barry's, you know, Barry's right there. And same with Lady J. I don't want that either. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, leave, leave. G.I. Joe in the 80s, because all the G.I. Joes have done now is utter shit. Really bad. And then now, True Blood... Matt, hey, there's a chance that might not be bullshit, and that someone, whoever owns the property, is trying to develop a, a cinematic universe, but God, are they doing the wrong thing. And I, I am on board for the new True Blood 2. I do like the original show, but I gotta go with uh, uh, Man of Steel, Last Days of Superman. Andy, where do you put your green light? I disagree with both those. I don't know these people. I, I like the ring shot one. I think that's. Uh, I, mean, I, I enjoyed the, the Lovecraft Country, and I actually still have to finish that. I don't. The other, the reboot. I mean, unfortunately, the Lady J and the True Blood reboot do sound like things that the networks would do. And the Superman one, I'm. Man, I'm right on the edge of that one. Is that really or not? Is it Superman with space cancer? I don't know. 
But yeah, the ring is the one that sounds most interesting to me. The ring show. All right, green for the ring. How about you, Kay? Where'd you lay your green? Uh, for for me, this one's easy. Uh, I'm not interested in uh, GI Joe, so I'm not interested in Lady J. Uh, I never was interested in True Blood, so I don't care about a reboot there. Ring Shout uh, to me sounds like it could be compelling, but actually, uh, the, the Superman uh, the comic was that comic was so good and and so interesting that i would like to see a uh, an adaption of that and bringing ralph back for any reason is uh, i think a good thing so let's do it all right it's a green for superman jeff where do you lay your green um i i think i have to go with ring shout now uh i did have to like real quickly look up uh, the book synopsis that this is based on because I was having trouble following you with your description there. Uh, so based on the book synopsis that I just read, I have to go with Ring Shout because uh, I'm with Kay. I'm not interested in a G.I. Joe series, especially not after the the other the two films that we got. Um, True Blood, it was okay. I, I never got deep into it and, you know, nothing against anybody that enjoyed the series. I just didn't get into it. I don't have a problem with Brandon Routh, you know, revisiting Superman. Um, I did not read that particular comic, so I'm not as familiar with the story. But we've got a lot of Superman stuff going on right now, so I don't necessarily think we need another one. Uh, but, you know, after reading the little book synopsis here, I, I think the, the uh, Ring Shout story seems the most original of everything. So that's where I'm going to play my green. All right, Jeff cheats I, and goes out to the internet I, to find more information. And thank you. I thought free. I thought that was I thought that was dangerous behavior because it's easy enough yeah. to find when you're doing a search if it really exists. Well, I put the I typed in ring shout book as opposed to just ring shout. So I e- didn't even well, yeah, even, but... even so, you can't go looking for more information on these things. I just looked at the synopsis because I was having trouble following yours. Cheat, cheat, cheat. If you have trouble with following mine, have me clarify it. Don't uh, go looking for new information. Yeah. <laughs> so after Jeff's cheat, he's gets a two. There's two green lights on Ring Shout. There's two for Superman: Last Days of Man of Steel, and two for True Blood. So yes, once again, we have a goddamn tie. How does this goddamn happen? Not a tie of two. We have a tie of three. And no votes for the one that lost. And no votes for Lady J. Uh, okay, so that being said, which ones do you think are fake? I don't know. You tell us, Jeff. Which one's fake? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Oh, you didn't search it? That's why I, I went with him first, so he didn't have time. I honestly think the Superman one is fake. Just because they, you know, they already have a movie in the works, and they already have the new series that just launched on CW. That's 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 my yeah. think, thinking yeah, is that I that's the too. that's the I'm fake on one. that side there. It, it's also in my category too good to be true. Because yeah. the other the other three, well, the first two specifically sound so much like what Hollywood would produce that it wouldn't surprise me. It was definitely down to either Ring Shout or Superman for me, and I'm I'm gonna stick with my feeling that it's that it's uh superman andy 
I think Superman is the the first two sound painfully real, and the the other two sound really good, so they're painfully possibly fake. But I voted for Ring Shot, so I'm gonna go for Superman. Kirsten, Superman. Matt, I gotta go with Ring Shout. I don't think they have the balls to cover that. Barry, did you not see Lovecraft Country? No, I haven't actually. It's oh. really good. Lovecraft Country is great, it. but if if his description is correct, demons that eat racism? No, that's crap. Um, I think Lady J is horseshit, and I also think Superman is horseshit. And I will make a further prediction. I think Jake wrote one of these. Stop the presses. Barry actually praised something just there in that whole thing. <laughs> he said that Lovecraft Country was great. Yeah. I don't buy it. He's tired. It he's tired. This episode's gone so long, he's tired. He's worn out. <laughs> well, I am out of Guinness, so. You've had two. Quick, Dad, hit him with the barbecue mop. Sauce <laughs> <laughs> him up good. They don't have enough people there for the barbecue mop. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Four minimum. Four minimum. Three gallons Deb. of uh, barbecue. Deb, what's fake? I agree with Jeff. I think it's Superman because they have so many Superman things going you on are, right now. You are correct. Superman was the fake one. Sent, <laughs> to us, uh, sent to us by our own Professor Biggs. Oh, of course. Oh, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> oh, you bastard! Can, can he do that as as a as a regular guest star? Can he actually do that? Uh, yes, he can. Just like you can apparently look up shows that I didn't put up on here. Absolutely! <laughs> wow! Wow! Did that sting, man? <laughs> More importantly, they're really doing True Blood. Nice. True Blood, yeah. Lady J, and Ring Shout are all in development. Nice. I knew I knew True Blood was in development because I read that last week because uh, the the specific one was talking about the none of the original cast repeating or re- returning oh. rather. So that means that the who is who is the guy in that that was uh, somebody Compton is not going to be in it. Mm-mm. So they're straight out of Compton. Bill Compton died in the end of that. I mean, spoiler alert: if you haven't oh. watched True. But you know, no, Barry, well, you missed the whole it thing. It was, it was, it was Andy trying to squeeze a joke in and failing miserably. <laughs> oh well, no one missed anything then. <laughs> and if you want to send us a bitches, bitches, write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. dot com. Put bitch, bitches, bitches in the subject. And if you don't want me to edit your pitch, please indicate that in the uh, body of the description. And until next week, I am Master Thorgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Ooh, that's fun. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> man. Ooh I forgot. Um, I didn't update it at the beginning of the show, but uh, Pinball Hall of Fame reached their goal. Yay! Uh, apparently they got up to like 152,000 and somebody locally here in Vegas gave them a, an anonymous $79,000 donation to cover oh, the rest. Wow. So, wow. Nick right. Cage. Thanks. Probably Nick yeah, Cage. Thank Nick Cage next time you see him, uh, Cage, Jeff. Yeah. So, um, I do, all I know for fact is that they've left the, um, the GoFundMe up to, to help cover some of the other costs that they're probably going to incur being on the strip. But, uh, 
but they're they're completely able to pay for the the building and everything now. So, so where's very the very happy. Exactly. It's going to be essentially across from Mandalay Bay on the Strip. Uh, it's really? uh, right next to Harley Davidson shop there on the Strip. Oh wow! Oh, so that's that's pretty far down actually. South, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's south Mandalay Bay, more west. So that I think it's the former start. location of the Laughing Jackalope. I I think okay. you're right, Todd. So that means it's within sight of the Welcome to Vegas sign, very close to the Ooh, yes, that is very good. close to the Vegas sign. Oh, so they 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 wrecked that the Laughing Jackalope. Oh yeah, that been gone yeah, a while. long long time ago. I was just happy to see that they're not going to increase the uh, the prices on the games just to cover their extra costs for being on the strip. And so they're going to keep still a lot of them at a quarter and you know, I think up to a dollar on uh, some of the older games oh, or, or the oh, some of the newer games. Newer so. ones, yeah. Oh, oh, oh shit. So, yeah, that's part of why they're leaving the oh. GoFundMe up for right now is so oh, they God can God damn it. What? What? Oh, I I missed the I missed a really big weekend geek thing on this. Uh let's let's hit let's hit that real quick. Uh in the weekend geek category. Um Barry sucks at pinball. Oh that's how you do it, Andy. Take notes. That's how you do it. I was taking notes. Everyone complained. <laughs> It's like the Beatles, overrated. What? Here we, here I'm sorry. We go. Excuse me. Here we go. They just happen to be the first people to do it like that. Overrated. Yeah. They were the huh? first to bring many things to popular rock music, and many bands followed their lead because the Beatles are freaking awesome. Like bowl cuts. No, that was like everybody else. They did the other yeah. stuff. They started doing the long hair and. God bless Yoko Ono. For breaking well, up. Yoko Ono. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I can't talk to you anymore. Matt, king of the unpopular opinion. You know what? My part That's absolutely true. I know this for a fact because when I ask Deb, hey, have you seen my shoes or something like that? She goes, remember? It, they're over here. No, I don't fucking remember. That's why I asked you if you've seen my shoes. You, 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 you know why I, I always say remember first? Because I am not your personal memory. Damn. I'm supposed to remember everything, and then you don't fucking have to. Okay. I think I she's got think. you there, Barry. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Well. Meanwhile, it's not meanwhile, my job Barry. to be your mom. Okay. Kristen, mm. what do you think of that background? Mm. Eh. Is that a oh, bunch oh, of oh. Uh, bull dicks? No, that would be salt. The the Yuling Bull Dick Festival. I don't understand your hatred of barbecue. I don't get it. I don't hate barbecue. I don't hate it at all. It's just just fun to annoy the shit out of Matt. And besides, (laughs) that all does look like bull penis. Kirsten looks like he just ran a marathon. Yeah, he kind of does. We know that he just came in from your jog. And Andy was the guy at the side holding out the cup of water and then spills Absolutely. it on me. That I could do. Oh, the white Oops. folks hate the black folks. And hey, the black there folks we go. hate the white folks. Yeah. And the Protestants hate the Catholics. And, and everybody, everybody hates the hates, Jews. But on National <laughs> Brotherhood Week. National Brotherhood Week. National Brotherhood yeah. Week. <laughs> yeah. And Matt hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsten hates barbecue. 
you got to stop wow. listening to the alternative news network that is Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> Let's all start talking about sex. I mean, okay. there's podcasts completely dedicated to that. So, I mean, yeah, you want right. to go that way. Talking about sex? Well, yes. let's talk about it here. I mean, we talk <laughs> about barbecues. So let's talk about sex. I was yeah. watching Star Wars with Vernon, and we were joking about how Luke gets his right into this. Where does sex come into this? Where does sex come into this? And then the first no. time, oh, wait, do you guys hate sex? I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't realize Any you guys sex hate talk sex. With you and Vernon. I didn't I know why you hate sex. The point sex. Vernon had sex so much. <laughs> We won't bring it up. Talk about it because you sex. I wish you guys could hear it the way it was coming through to me because all I'm hearing is sex, barbecue, barbecue. Oh, can you make it into like a rebit dance remix, Todd? So Luke has fucked a bucket of sand a couple times when he loses his virginity. He's just like shocked because it's like it's like it's wet, it's slippery, it's so wrong, but it feels so right, and he just can't believe it. And we kind of figured that's why he became a Jedi. You know, you know I, I wish I had some context for how that statement ended, Kirsten, because everything else was pops and buzzes. I'm not kidding you. Literally pops and buzzes up to something about fucking a bucket of sand. Literally, yeah. that, literally, that's all I heard going forward. Jeff, okay. welcome to my editing life. Yeah. <laughs> all I heard was you start off the sex talks with the word, I was watching TV with Vernon. No matter where you went with that, it was going to go bad. So, uh, see, <laughs> I said I was watching Star Wars with Vernon. It doesn't matter what you were watching. You started off the sex talk talking about Vernon. And, and I was just going to say, sex and barbecue sounds like a very specific fetish. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. where that was going to go. It's, it's there on your porn. You can't tell me there's somewhere out there that a restaurant that isn't called Sex and Barbecue. You know I, that's the sure. name. I'm, I'm sure, sure there is. If not, it's a cooking group in a cook-off. Well, shit, the thing right behind Barry, obviously, there's oh, yeah. Bull Dick Barbecue. You got bull sex, dick. and you got barbecue yeah. right there. Did you point it yourself? Yes. Yeah, he, pulled at, he pointed at himself when uh, when Bull Dick was brought up. So, yeah. Wait, oh, okay. there, there's the t there's the title of the podcast, Todd. Barry no. is sex and barbecue. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Urban, Urban Dictionary has it. That Urban is Dictionary also a sex companion barbecue. podcast that we should start. So Urban Dictionary is sex barbecue, a a event where uh, multiple people, four plus, engage in sexual activity in a barbe at a barbecue. Involving high volumes of barbecue sauce, at least three quarts. <laughs> so if it's only three, it's just what, like a like a sex get together with barbecue? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a barbatoire. I, I like that. There's a, <laughs> there a, a rule that says three is the minimum. Well, you <laughs> want to be careful too about getting sauce on somebody's grill <laughs> or elsewhere. If it's less than three, it's a waste <laughs> of sauce. That's true. And how do you apply it? You use those big barbecue mops, or do yes, you squeeze it on with uh, a bottle, or? <laughs> and then there's always that one guy standing on the table, just demanding their Szechuan sauce. <laughs> I mean, welcome I just, to I'm... wealthy people food. Yeah. <laughs> Are these people for whom Olive Garden is the fancy restaurant in town? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I think Olive Garden people... is maybe too fancy for them, Barry. 
Dude, there are yeah. people that have heart attacks over Olive Garden. You gotta be kidding I, me. I'm not. I'm not Fuck exaggerating you. when I started Fuck calling you. it the crowd. So we'll just. We'll, you know what? We will discuss it once everybody has seen it. He's gotta so. wait and have Vernon over to have sexy time, and then. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna slather barbecue sauce all over Vernon. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so if I. It, Rick's ahead, Cafe American Loch Ness. Uh, start, start that over again, Andy. Rick's Cafe American Loch Ness. Boy, I'm so glad he started that one over. Know, <laughs> Always with the negative waves, Moriarty. Always with the negative waves. This show is like having a stroke for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had many strokes, Barry? To, to compare? Well, it feels like I have one every time you start the show. Well, every time he <laughs> sings about barbecue, he strokes. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't have a theme song for it yet. What? Deb, Deb, Deb walked from one screen to another one. It was weird. <laughs> we live in the same house, you fucking monkey. I know, I know. I... It's the break. It's not going to be in the show. Right. I will kick your ass, Todd. Pretty much. Beams of hate. The only things that are keeping us warm. Now I've got that song stuck in my head, Kirsten. Let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, no. Let's yeah. talk okay. about you <laughs> and me. Let's talk about all the good things. And the now it's stuck in my head. Yeah. All right. And it's time for... No, you don't give a flying poop about... Yay! What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck was that? It's not me that you care about. One little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mrs. Torgo coming through. Oh, yeah, I thought you. maybe you got like a sound filter or something <laughs> yeah. and put it on. Something <laughs> on helium. <laughs> I encourage more of that. That was wonderful. <laughs> I had like flashbacks to the baby men. Like, we oh, wow. <laughs> she does a better baby man than you, Matt. You shut the fuck up, all right? Yeah, what do you even know about baby man, fucking Jeff? Well, you like a Star Wars kid? Just you yeah, know, what, 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 you like Discovery? You like Discovery, don't you? Yep. First, you, John Bean Hastings. <laughs> Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> that was awesome, Todd. You damn near got him to choke. <laughs> <laughs> you wait for him to take a drink? Yeah. <laughs> I just I just turn off my mic when I pee, so it's all right. You don't turn off the camera, goddammit. There's also no word on exactly where or how this project will fit into the existing canon of the original series. Namely, it will be if it will be a full Fred's reboot or something that will connect the stories and characters that have already been established. What the fuck sentence was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just get up early anyways. I wake up at seven for no goddamn reason these days. Yeah, well. Andy's perky because it's cold. Yeah, my nipples are perky as hell. That was the joke, see? <laughs> you, to, you see that? That was the joke. <laughs> when you get on Minecraft again, you better tell me, and I will log on. And I, guess I will text you at 3 in the morning. No. Fool. Uh. 
Play it. I know. I saw a game that's ridiculously difficult. Like pinball. No, pinball is easy. Comedy is hard. Yep. Right. <laughs> really not hard for well, Andy. For some, yeah. <laughs> so easy. Uh, just perky. <laughs> barbecue time. Barbecue hold on, hold time. On. I don't have a theme song. Barbecue time.